Oh, baby. Welcome back to the Talking Sports Better Than Most podcast, where today we've got a lot to cover in a lot of different sports, but one thing that we will be previewing, and I think most of America is looking forward to, is less than a month we start week zero, technically, of college football, and the week out, and we're one day away from, one month away from the first real Saturday of college football. Yep, so we got a lot of previewing to do this month. We're going to try to, every week, kind of hit some highlights. We're going to spend the next two weeks talking college football. And then the last two weeks of August, we'll talk all NFL previews. And then, of course, starting that week zero, we'll start previewing college football games, NFL games. We'll make our predictions um, each and every week of the, of the biggest games, obviously. Um, but it's time to start talking football. It's time to start making predictions and to start start time to believe that your team is going to win even though it probably won't happen in most cases but it's that fun time of the year where optimism is at a premium um, in terms of where you think um, your favorite team is going to fall today we're going to talk all college football and we're going to talk all teams other than the big 10 Obviously, since we're from the Big Ten area, next week's podcast, we'll break down each team. We'll talk about each team. We're going to focus on the Power Five, other Power Four conferences right now, and just focus on who we think could be surprises in those leagues, who might have a chance. And then eventually, um, in the next couple of weeks, we'll make all of our predictions for the playoff and um, go a little deeper into that. So that's what we're going to do the next couple of weeks. And, of course, sprinkled in all the other sports news of the day and time and month and everything else so we've been talking liv golf see if we can kind of put a nice little wrap on this where we are the pg tour season has one week left before their playoffs liv just had a tournament in bedminster and and it was um henrik stenson who was just stripped of his Ryder cup captaincy who won tony finau on the other hand just was a straight tournament my open championship pick so I was just a couple weeks off from him catching fire, I guess. Wish the Open was this week for him. Um, but it was great to see a young American who I think can bring a lot of people's eyeballs to the sport get out there and win. Um, so where are we standing with LIV? Well, last night on Tucker Carlson, Greg Norman announced they basically would have paid Tiger Woods up to a billion dollars to join the tour. Of course, Tiger Woods said no. Um, it was quite a scene at Bedminster. I've had a chance to listen to some um, serious XM radio and listen to some of the things that apparently went on. There's a lot of heckling, I hear. Um, we were sent a tweet of some heckling towards Phil Mickelson last night. Um, but I was listening to some of the guys on um, Hank Haney's show or um, some other guys. I'm sorry, not Hank Haney, wrong guy, on Sirius XM radio in the morning. Um, and he just went on about how... Um, New Breed of Golf, I'm sorry, Michael Breed's Sirius XM radio show and had people on there that were there and all the heckling that went on. And um, apparently, you know, it's it's it, the, the, the motto, I guess, is golf but louder. So I guess they're, you know, I saw them, I saw a ton of tweets with them just handing out Budweiser's to players, I mean to fans. Um, so they just pulled up in carts and started handing Budweiser's out to everybody. Um, in the stands, so I mean that's nice if you like some beer. Um, tickets were going for a dollar on Saturday and Sunday, which made everybody thrilled, I guess. Um, so that component of it, 
appears to um, entice some people, um, but I don't know where it stands from there. And, of course, the most controversial weekend is, of course, Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson, Marjorie Green, Taylor, wherever from Georgia, and all the hardcore Republicans. Um, I think I figured out where Live Golf came from. Greg Norman's had an angst with the PGA Tour for a long time. Donald Trump was pissed after they pulled um, the PGA Championship from his golf course. And basically, they set up to destroy the PGA Tour. And that's what happens when you are enemies with Donald Trump. He comes out to destroy you, and um, that's essentially what is going on, an attempt to take over the golf world. And this is probably the only sport Trump could, could take over. He's not going to take over basketball or football. That's impossible. Um, but this sport was um, in a vulnerable state, I guess. And um, it looks like um, that's what they're trying to do. So it's become now a political scene as well. So um, it sounds like it was quite a scene this week. Um, not many fans, though. I um, got a chance to see a tweet today, uh, which was quite interesting. I didn't believe it when I originally read the tweet. And then I went and did some more research. But um, they had cardboard cutouts of people. Um, and so on set up throughout the golf course to make it look like more people were there. But it was true. I saw the tweets, um, and I saw the cardboard cutouts. Um, so kind of interesting. They, it's, it's a propaganda, and um, it's now turned political. What, what else is new? Everything turns political, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the environment was, <clears throat> it seems like it was a different environment than a normal PGA Tour weekend. Um, I don't know as much about it. Uh, I haven't been able to do as much research on what has been taking place with the, the tournaments, but um, yeah, seems pretty interesting. Seems like the polar opposite of what the PGA Tour usually is like, um, what golf's always been like, but um, I guess here we are. Yeah, I just think, um, you know, PGA Tour announced its schedule. I see there's no LIV tournaments. Um, this month, so I see Patrick Reed's going over to play on the Asian tour. Um, sounds like, you know, he must not want to spend time with his family if he's trying to play less golf and headed to the Asian tour. Um, but that's where he's apparently headed to. Um, I don't know when the next LIV tournament is. Um, I guess it's, I'm assuming it's in September. I'm not quite sure, but I don't think anybody's going to remember that Henrik Stenson won LIV. I think Tony Finau winning two weeks in a row is a bigger story. It's a shame, though, that it's kind of... It's it's twofold, because, number one, it brings the PGA Tour and golf into the forefront, um, but not really in the forefront the way you want it, because the stars like Cam Young, who's, I think, top ten in the FedEx Cup as a rookie, almost won the um, British Open. Um, you know, we're more talking about LIV. So it's, it's twofold, because it's getting golf mentioned, but it's also not for really the reason we want it to. I saw Greg Norman say yesterday on uh, Tucker Carlson about um, why why people are mad, and he brought up this big, long story that um, the LPGA tour, LPGA tour has all these um, sponsors from Saudi Arabia, but um, I see the LPGA Tour players today tweeting that he's a liar, um, it's just amazing where this has gone. Um, but um, Greg Norman also says every day his phone's blowing up with more stars that want to join. So 
I guess the bottom line is the PGA Tour has its playoffs coming up the next, well, four weeks I'll be over with. And then the President's Cup at the end of September, and I guess in early October, we're going to find out who's staying and who's going. And um, LIV will go on next year. The PGA Tour will go on with its thing. And um, I guess the last the last thing we'll wait for, and when we ever find out, I don't know, is when will um, the Masters announce what they're going to do. Because it seems like um, that's the last shoe to drop, what happens in the majors. So I, I don't know. It's almost exhausting talking about LIV because every week it's different. Every week they're changing, and every week it's evolving. So um, I guess for now, I guess we can probably put that on the back burner. And um, like I said, the PGA Tour has got a new schedule out, more money next year. They had doing some traveling, I guess. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I think the storyline is just going to get more boring and boring and like I said, whoever wants to play over there will play over there, and we'll see if they ever get a TV deal. I think that'll be the big thing. If they ever get a TV deal, um, then I think it, it changes the changes the equation versus just streaming it online. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tried to stream it online just to see what it would look like and listen to some of the announcers just to hear, and um, mine kept freezing up. I don't know if it was my internet <laughs> um, or what, but, um, you know, that's just kind of how it was. It seems like you missed out a lot. Yeah, you know, I, I was reading some people also, you know, saying that I think Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson's groups on Saturday had like 35 people following them. So they said, you know, if you want to get up and close and personal to Bryson and Dustin Johnson and listen to the players and their caddies, that you can do it. I mean, mm-hmm. when there's only 35 people following the group. You probably um, can go on the right underneath the ropes and just run after them. <laughs> yeah. So, with that being said, there's some pluses to it as well. Um, I just think, again, it's a shame that it's turned political and that, in the end, it was basically an attempted coup of the PGA Tour. And um, in some cases, it's succeeding, and in some cases, it might not. So, we'll see what happens, but um, I I don't really see much changing over the next few weeks. Um, That just, I think, is going to be what it is, especially since they don't have a tournament for the next month. So, who knows? Maybe next week... When we come on the air, there'll be some breaking news, but I think it's just going to kind of fall asleep for the next few weeks. Yeah. Going to put you to sleep? Yeah. I, I'm i so tired of listening to LIB. It's a shame that it's destroyed the PGA Tour. And basically what it's going to become is tennis. I mean, I say this in the nicest of ways. There's so many tennis tournaments being played throughout the world, in the United States, overseas that really the only four tournaments people care about in tennis are the four majors. And that's essentially what's happening in golf now. They're going to be spreading out, playing players here, players there. we got a tennis tournament in Cincinnati, but we got a tennis tournament in Munich, Germany. We're going to have a PGA Tour event in Hartford, Connecticut, and an LIV event in California, and a European event in England that the only thing people are going to care about in golf in the end, which, again, most People who just casually watch golf only care about the majors, but even for the diehard golfers, it's just going to be, well, I don't know who's playing where, but we'll watch four times a year and and see the best in the world. I mean, that's essentially what's happening. The PGA Tour is turning into the tennis tour. When the tennis tour kind of dissolved years ago and, and turned into the different international networks and again, there's tennis tournaments all over, but nobody knows. We don't even, nobody, unless you got the tennis channel, I guess. Um, it's essentially what it's turning into, and that's just the way it is. And 
probably when we die, the PGA Tour and LIV will, who knows, reformat and it'll be maybe completely different. But it looks like for now, that's just what's going to happen. We're going to have tours all over the place. And even a diehard golf fan like myself, whatever, I'll watch the four majors and just move on. So it's going to be tough. Once the PGA Tour loses Tiger Woods once and for all, they're going to struggle. So well, yeah, if he has one more accident, <laughs> if he has one more accident, he won't be playing golf ever again. No. Not no. that I think it'll happen, but he's never been proven to uh, maybe make the most, the smartest decisions or most mature decisions, but maybe he will get it right now. But uh, yeah, once they lose him, I, just I don't find know where the golf course is going. I feel like the PGA Tour, and I don't know, maybe this is what their lawyers, maybe this is what they've gotten together and talked about, like, I feel like you got to fight for your tour. Like, I don't hear anybody. Maybe they're going with the idea that if you don't talk about it, it will disappear. But it just seems like LIV is constantly battling. Like I said, they got Greg Norman on Fox News and, of course, all the diehard Republicans now <laughs> diving into this, which is ridiculous. And you just feel like the PGA Tour is just sitting back and... Like, I feel like you got to defend yourself. I feel like you got to fight. I feel like you need to, to get up. Where are the stars of golf speaking out? But um, maybe they're smarter than me and just realizing that saying nothing will is better right now. I don't, I don't know. I just I find it odd that nobody is kind of coming out and saying anything. So, like I told you, and we, well, you said too when we talked about it, a couple of weeks ago that, like, where's Tiger Woods? I know he said at the British Open, but he's the only person that I think can kind of save the tour mm-hmm. from completely falling apart. Like, I'm not telling Tiger just to get up and start going on well, today's Well, I did read show. something. I don't know if you read it, too. I don't know where I read it on, but, like, Bryson DeChambeau talked about his friendship with Tiger, and he said, like, they really yeah, haven't spoke happened. much, or they kind of, he, like, he kind of shut him out, or I don't know what exactly it is, but I mean, I think, yeah, he, he, he should do that, but I mean, he might also need to, like, get more vocal about it. And, I mean, that's, like... Yeah, I'm not saying vocal like he's got to start a fight. I'm I'm just saying saying that, like, like, I think, again, when Greg Norman went on Tucker Carlson last night, which is the most one of the most highly watched shows on Fox News, um, besides Sean Hannity, I mean, it's brainwashing 50% of this country into this whole LIV concept. I'm just saying I think the PGA Tour needs to also come out and have its guns fight because the stuff Greg Norman said on Tucker Carlson last night was as the LPGA tour put out today and a lot of their players it's just a complete lie it's not even true so I just what I'm just saying is like it's like having people try to forcing people to like voice their political opinion I mean I don't know if Tiger really is really wants to do you know really wants to open up his mouth and say that much about the LIV Um, but obviously if there's anyone that will ever Put down the LIV, it's Tiger Woods. So Yeah, um, I mean I agree. I, I know he's one hundred percent. I think he's a person I that now wish. that wants to stay out of the limelight. But obviously I think he would every single day of the week back the PJ tour and would 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 definitely uh he's okay, what I'm trying to say is he's not gonna be probably as vocally against and taking shots against the LIV or like Greg Norman like Rory kind of has taken it upon himself. So, obviously, Tiger's the most important to keep the PGA Tour alive, but I don't know if he'll ever really, you know, attack it like the way Rory has. And, obviously, the, the PGA Tour is indebted for life to Rory and Tiger Woods. Um, I mean, for two different reasons. But, um, 
you know, it just, uh, I guess he's going to be the big, you know, variable in, in how this turns out over the next year, two or three. Um, is Tiger Woods going to be that against it and kind of vote and be more vocal about it? Um, I don't know, but uh, he obviously is the one that moves, you know, does everything. I mean, he just is the PGA Tour in a nutshell. So, like, for instance, Rick Norman said yesterday the LPG Tour is sponsored by Aramico. Tucker Carlson said literally. Greg Norman put literally. And as Brittany Linsen Combs supported, that is 150% not true. Um, and that, you know, all these billions of dollars that Saudi Arabia is sponsoring the LPGA Tour, they're not the largest sponsor. What I'm just saying is, like, I feel like we know in this day and age, no one believes something even if it happens in front of you. If I stabbed you right now with a knife and put it on the Internet, there's still be I could convince 30% of this country that I really didn't stab you. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what Donald Trump and the Republicans have done. And I'm just saying that now, when, when he goes on TV and says this, I think you need to have a response. I think you need to, again, you don't got to fight, just state the facts. You know, it's 100% not true. This is the facts. Because then it makes me wonder... Like, is it true? Like, if Brittany Lincecum, when I watched the Tucker Carlson on Twitter last this morning for 8 minutes and 37 seconds, I thought to myself, really? And then when I started seeing the LPGA players this afternoon fight back against it, it was like, okay, it's good to know, right? Like, I just watched it and just assumed maybe it is true. I and, mean, you know, maybe there's some hypocrisy going on, right? But it was good to see the LPGA players say this is, like, he's a liar, and I guess that's that's what I'm trying to say is that I feel like we need to have talking points and firing back the truth because unfortunately the other side is spreading the false rumors and everybody on that side is going to believe it. But somebody like me, I was almost believing it. Like mm-hmm. really, the LPG? No one. I didn't know that. Well, so again, that's the problem. Every it's all politics and they're all lies in every direction. That, I mean, that's the problem. It's not even, like, it's even, like, the, the shows, like, if you, like, really, like, listen to, like, all the sports shows and the talk shows, like, they may, some some part of it may be true of what they believe in, but then they also have to do it for TV and for ratings and this and that, and they could say, you know, the sky is orange, but we know the sky's not orange, but that's what they do to get people to, to view, you know what I mean, or listen. I mean, it's just, it's all lies in every direction so that doesn't you know it's all about getting views and i mean obviously what they're doing is i mean they're successfully getting us to talk about it every single week by the stuff that they say and do and whether a percent of it is true or 100 percent of it's true it's just amazing that uh it's just captivating us all and, and we're obviously some people are fighting you know for the pga tour and some people are accepting money I do think though still the greatest thing that you can have in life is somebody who can who can talk and who can spread the information. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I think you need somebody who can do that. And I just think the talking points need to be mm-hmm. I think ignoring it or just letting the other side do all the talking mm-hmm. is not helping the situation. Oh yeah, I completely agree. I just I don't know who's supposed to do that talking. Yeah. And I don't think we gotta take cheap shots at anybody. Yeah. I think it's just tell the truth. Like if I was the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, I would have had someone out this afternoon telling the Today Show, I want to come on tomorrow morning and I want to tell the truth about what it is. Because, again, I sat there last this morning when I was listening to this and was like, 
Really? I mean, Greg Norman said it without without hesitation, without making it seem like it's a lie, just complete and totally. And um, so I think it's just interesting, and I, I just wish that was the point. I mean, I think we've seen in politics that the big mouth side usually ends up convincing a lot of people, and I just I, I just wish they had better talking points. I, I, I don't know. I think it's just... Um, the other side, I think, is doing a good job at saying their piece. And I feel like the PGA Tour is just trying to take... I, maybe you call it the high road, I guess. I don't know what it is. But again, I, I think cheap shots would not be taking the high road. Mm -hmm. I think stating facts is the high road. Mm -hmm. Um... And then I guess you, me, whoever's listening, has to go out and maybe do their own research to see who's telling the truth. I mean, maybe they're not. Maybe they're both lying. I don't know. Or, or spewing it, like you would say, to, to, to reach their agenda. Maybe. I don't know. But I just feel like they need to have a response. They need to, 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 to tell their side of it. Because, unfortunately, in this day and age... Um, you know, it, again, people won't believe, like you said, the sky is orange or red or blue or green or whatever color. They just believe it. So anyway, so we'll see. Uh, maybe we won't talk LIV for a while. Maybe it's just is what it is. I just I feel like the PJ Tour slowly just going to disintegrate. But again, maybe that's maybe that's the grand scheme and maybe one day they'll come together. So that's the LIV. Now we're talking NFL. Yesterday, Deshaun Watson got um, good news, I guess. But then it seemed, I thought this was really interesting. So when they've been talking about his suspension, and for, we obviously know Deshaun Watson um, sexually harassed. I don't know what you call it. I mean, I don't know if sexually assault is the word. I don't, I don't. I guess I didn't, we don't know all the details of everything. Mm -hmm. Like, we've heard things, like he's put his naked body parts in front of girls and asked them to do things to him. Um, I, I don't know if there's a difference between sexually harassed and sexually assault. I mean, I don't know, I don't know the law definitions, but he obviously went after a lot of women and at least exposed himself to all these women and begged mm -hmm. them, begged them to do things to him. I don't know if any of them actually did. Again, I, I didn't read all the stuff. But anyways, um, he got his six-game suspension. People are furious now because, what, Calvin Ridley got a year suspension for, yeah. for betting. Um, and Josh Gordon, I mean, basically, he's been thrown out of the NFL for smoking weed, which is literally legal in I don't know how many states in the United States, but it's legal in, you know, most states, so... And, and it's not like he's doing PEDs. I mean, weed is, it's not like it's making him a better football player. It's just, I guess, something that he can't go without. And a lot, I mean, think about it. How many, how, how, what are the percentage of the United States of America citizens are smoking weed and they can't stop? And yeah, that blood isn't, clots, you can't smoke weed. Well, I'm just saying, like, think of the percentage of the United States of America that smoke weed and are addicts to it. Yeah, I agree. I just like... I mean, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just think that's kind of amazing that he's basically been thrown out of the NFL and ruined his career. I mean, obviously it's his fault, but um, it's just amazing that smoking weed is not tolerated. But you know, punching your wife in the face and knocking somebody out and assaulting and uh, whatever Deshaun Watson did uh, to 25 different women or however many different women there were is just a light six-game suspension. And um, and did you see that his contract? He's like supposed to go without pay. 
for the suspension, but his contract is set out that he's only supposed to make like one million this year or something like that, or like a hundred thousand, or and then he's supposed to make two hundred thirty million after this year or something like oh, that. No, I haven't heard that. I, I saw that somewhere on Twitter. I don't know if it's true or not. Like we said, it could be a lie, but I'm pretty positive it's true. I just here here's the thing I I feel about this again. Um, I'm not a lawyer, um, but there's no doubt he stalked these women and he was a predator towards these women i mean there's no other word to describe it um i find it odd though that people were were extremely vocal after the fact like it was too light it was this need to be a longer i didn't hear all these people say any of this stuff especially the sports guys, until after the decision was made. Then it was, oh, my gosh. I mean, I get that this is the collective bargaining agreement and that they tried to keep, um, they tried to keep, um, you know, Goodell out of it. Now they got this judge because in the past, you know, the commissioner was the one handing down these sentences and they're trying to keep that out of it. But... um, I guess what I don't understand, I feel like this is sort of, obviously Deshaun Watson did these things, but it's the NFL's fault. I mean, they go out and they get a judge, um, and she um, decided to, um, uh, this was what she came up with, and now they're maybe going to try to overrule it, and then Roger would have the chance to lengthen the, the suspension, um, I don't know. It just it seems all kind of weird. Yeah, so I'm looking at his contract right now, and it says he's only supposed to lose three hundred forty-five thousand of his thirty two hundred thirty million dollar contract. And I'm not sure how that exactly works, um, but I'm assuming it's because his base salary this year is significantly less than the following four years. But I don't know how that entirely works. I don't know the math on that. Um, but uh, yeah. It's just wild that what's going on. And, I mean, I'm not here to say Deshaun Watson is a horrible human being because, I mean, like we've already said and established, you know, um, lies are spread like fire, I don't know. Um, It's just amazing that what's happening. I guess I shouldn't even say that what these players have been accused of or what they've done, but it's more of the fact that the NFL's suspensions that are being handed down just make people question, like wonder what the thought process is of how they come up with these suspension amounts in games. And, you know, I mean, he's basically just being suspended six games. That's basically all it is. I mean, it's not like he's going without, um, I mean, like if he was, if he was you or me, like our lives would be ruined. But it's Deshaun Watson, and he's still going to make $229,600,000 over the next five years. So well, it doesn't seem like it's hurting him too much. That's the problem is that, I mean, you got so many people who... The problem is it's your word versus, you know, it's the it's his word, her word, and the truth. And, well, I'm not just her, but, like, there's 25 women. Or how well, that makes you believe, obviously, he did something. The, the thing is, though, whether it was six games, eight games, an entire season, it doesn't change the fact of what happened. Mm-hmm. And, again, the man 
I hate to say it, basically is a predator. Mm-hmm. Um, now, does that mean he doesn't deserve a second chance? I don't know. Again, that's not my decision to make. Yeah. But, um, again, I, I there are people who are, um, I don't know. There's a lot of people in this country who are doing a lot of, who are pretty um, well-known people in this country who've done some horrible things who get away with nothing. So, I mean, I I don't know. You know, he's a sports star. We have a president who did 10,000 things horrible, too. And the man might be president again. So, I mean, I don't know. I, nobody's going to be happy with it. Um, Cleveland Browns, some diehard Cleveland Brown fans are fine with it. Again, I I don't know. I it didn't. I, I don't know how I would feel, unless I guess you were one of those twenty five women or however many. Um, and shame on him. I mean, just an idiot. He did something that is ridiculous. And I think you just said it. It shows you if you got money, you can probably get away with things that you and I probably wouldn't have been able to get away with. And um, money talks. I mean, it just that's what talks in this country. And. Um, but I don't think the NFL can say, well, we're going to bring in this person and she's going to be the final judge. And then two days later say, well, we don't like what was done. So we're going to appeal it and have Roger Goodell make the final sentence. I mean, that defeats the whole purpose of why do what they did. So, I mean, this woman apparently said what she thought. And this is the first time this has ever happened. So I guess... You know, this is the first case, and you just keep judging them over and over and over. And maybe if she had heard the Calvin Ridley story, maybe he would have only been suspended a game. I don't know. Um, she wasn't involved in that. So it, we're comparing apples to oranges here. We don't have another apple to compare it to. So um, I guess I guess it's just over with. And we'll see Deshaun Watson week seven, I think, at home against the Ravens, which mm-hmm. – um, pretty interesting that that's where <laughs> the season will begin for him. Um, um, the NFL, I think, has until Thursday morning to appeal it. And if they appeal it, then we're going to get into some issues because Roger Goodell is going to suspend him probably close to a year. And then I think the Browns fans are going to, and the Browns organization is going to have an issue. And the owners are and the players are because they're going to be all mad about their bargaining agreements and so on. So we'll see what happens. So um, I don't think we've heard the end of it. I mean, I guess the NFL could end it by not doing anything. Um, but um, I heard on Get Up this morning that they're definitely going to probably challenge it and appeal it. And um, I don't think I don't think we've heard the last of it. Yeah, it's interesting for a guy. He must have like a. Uh, he must really like massages for some odd reason, since he probably could get any woman in America for the most part. I mean, just amazing that that's what he felt like he needed to do to apparently his sexual needs when he probably literally could have done anything and got away with it yeah. for the most part I mean just amazing that he had to <laughs> do that and a, a guy that has everything in front of him yeah I think you know hopefully all you can hope is that um, the people who this happened to are okay and that um I don't know, again, I'm not there to pass out forgiveness. That's not my job. But hopefully he becomes a better person and has learned whatever needs to be learned. Um, I don't know. So, anyways, Cleveland Brown fans, it's never easy for you. 
I don't know what to say. So we'll move on now to college football. And um, so here we are. Week zero starts the last week of August, right? I think August 27th. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some games coming. Um, and it's it's going to be an interesting college football season. All these things we've talked about, all the changes, all the teams being added, and all the teams moving, none of that's happening this year. We don't have an expanded playoff. It is just going to be your traditional college football year. I think the playoff games are on New Year's Eve again. It's one of those scenarios. Um, So, anyways, um, it's just going to be kind of a normal year. So, now, um, I think you tweeted it or you texted it or something about, you know, we're just about ready for chaos because every college football year there's chaos. And um, I know you and I will probably be sitting around on some Saturdays watching games together and we'll be flipping from channel to channel and uh, waiting to see where the next big upset is. There's one every single week, so. It seems like it for sure. Um, So we're going to start, obviously, let's start in the Pac-12, which is always quite interesting, um, obviously with the news of UCLA and USC take being taken to the Big Ten. Um, Oregon, Utah last year, and I think Utah obviously won the Pac-12, made it to the Rose Bowl, played Ohio State. Um, I think they'll be um, one of the favorites out there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, It'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. Um, Kyle Whittingham always has a pretty good team. Uh, they they played great in the Rose Bowl. They just fell a little short, obviously, um, but they probably are going to be pretty pretty powerful in the South. Um, of course, USC's in that South as well. And the question is, how quick can Lincoln Riley turn this around? I was I saw this on I listened to it on the radio, and now just reading about it here, they were. It's hard to imagine that USC was four and eight last year. Um, they, of course, get Caleb Williams, the quarterback from Oklahoma, who was unbelievable, really, for like the first, what, 80% of the season, <clears throat> and then kind of fell off a little bit. Um, so it, they obviously are going to have to be a favorite out there. Um, you never know if Chip Kelly's finally going to get UCLA moving. Um, no. They, they, you know, people think, I guess, every year maybe it's time finally, and we'll see. Yeah, they did the same thing um, last year, and then they lost, they went 8-4, and they were started off 4-0 and or 3-0, and and everyone thought they were going to be great, and I don't buy into that at all. And then, of course, in the North Division, Oregon, obviously, um, is recruiting like crazy. They got the Georgia, um, what, defensive coordinator, I believe, is their new head coach. And, of course, Oregon plays Georgia to kick the season off which is going to kind of set the tone. Oregon was supposed to, you know, wasn't the favorite when they walked into Columbus and came out with a victory last year. And I don't think anyone's going to pick them over the defending national champions. But with that being said, um, we're reading here how they're bringing back 14 starters off of last year's 10-4 and squad that won the North. Um, so you'd have to believe that Oregon is probably going to be the favorite. And... Um, I think the Oregon Ducks probably is the favorite to, to win the Pac-12. Um, I, I don't think USC has enough yet. I think they were pretty I don't rough. think Utah's going to win it either. I don't think that they're going to. I mean, I know that they're they're good, but I, I don't think that they have the athletes that really compare at, you know, the highest level. 
Um, even in the Pac-12, I really don't think that they'll win the Pac-12. Well, I think, again, they're going to start really being undersized once USC gets the athletes they're getting back. Um, so I agree. I I think, you know, Utah's one of those teams that can come out. and Utah's like Iowa, yeah. but more talented in the Pac-12. I mean, they're just like a what you see is what you get. I don't know if they're really... You know, they don't got flash, in my opinion, with Utah. I mean, they, they had some good players last year, and obviously they played pretty well against the Buckeyes, but I don't really think that they're going to, like, win the Pac-12 again and do anything. I mean, I think I would lie, my favorite would lie between Oregon State, Oregon, or USC. Um, I, don't, I really don't think Utah is going to win it. Yeah, I don't either. I think um, my uh, if I had a, uh, my pick for the Pac-12 is going to be um, Oregon, um, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Wouldn't surprise me if they don't have a chance to um, go into. I, I don't know where that game's at. I think it might be in Atlanta, maybe the kickoff game between Georgia and Oregon. Um, I'm not exactly sure if I'm at. I guess I could look, um, but um, I I just think they probably have to be the favorite. Um, Let's see. I think Chick Fil A kickoff. Yeah. So it's is that where it's at? Mercedes Benz. Oh, Mercedes Benz. Okay. So it's a home game for uh, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. So um, that's going to be an interesting, um, for sure, an interesting game um, to see. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have a chance to knock them off. And um, I think it's going to be. It, it's cool to have. Oh, Utah and Florida. I didn't know that's week one too. It's a no. pretty interesting matchup. Yeah, Utah. I, I mean, think, not that I think. Utah is great by I mean, any means, but I think that's a good team that could beat Florida. That can go in there and, and, and get the dub. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting as well. So right now my pick's Oregon to win the Pac-12, and your pick is? Uh, it's tough. I mean, I'm not going to go with Oregon because you already picked them, but um, between USC, Oregon, and Oregon State, um, I'll go with Oregon State. Uh, I think USC has the ability to be good, but I feel like they're going to kind of come out hot. And I don't know, maybe they kind of get upset or kind of early, but I don't know who they play. I'm going to have to look up and see who they play first. Kind of interesting, though, looking at the line right now, Georgia is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite yeah. over I, I would expect them to be a two-touchdown favorite. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you right now, I will take Oregon with the points and be extremely happy with that. Um, again, I think it's always interesting when the coach who left the team goes to another team and then comes out and plays them. I mean, I'm sorry, but I think he knows what's USC going on. USC plays Oregon State Week 4, and they play Stanford Week 2. Stanford's not good, but they've been good at upsetting teams um, in that conference, as, as Stanford did it last year to, to Oregon um, later in the season when obviously they had really shouldn't even have been in the game. But let me tell you what, that is one of the weakest schedules I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> You, right. go, you start off with Rice, Stanford, Fresno State. Fresno State might be one of the best teams they play for quite some time. Oregon State, obviously, will be a top team in the Pac-12. Arizona State's not good. Washington State's not good. Utah's okay. Acceptable. Arizona's even worse than any team they've probably played. California's not good. Colorado's not good. UCLA, to me, is not good. And Notre Dame, which, ugh. It's, I don't know. Notre Dame. Well, there we go. So now let's go to the Pac-12. Where, again, Oklahoma, I think, is going to be the favorite no matter what going in. We're looking at their non-conference schedule. Um, they play UTEP and Kent State right off the bat, and then they play at Nebraska. I remember you and I, we were somewhere listening to that game 
that Nebraska Oklahoma game. Um, we must have been golfing that Saturday or yeah, something. Yeah, that was an interesting game. And and Nebraska hung in there. They had every chance. I think I remember that. I think they pretty yeah. much had like so many chances, and they just never, never ended up winning the game. I mean, that was the story of the season, I guess. Last year for Nebraska, they had every chance, and, and they course, just kind of lost in a one one score game every other every week. The next team in the Big Twelve that's always going to get talked about is Texas. Um, of course, Texas plays Alabama week two which is obviously going to be a humongous game um, in Texas. Um, we're going to find out just how good the Longhorns are when they play. Last year, um, was it Baylor that won the Big 12 or Oklahoma State? Now I can't even remember off the top of my head. Um, well, we, Oklahoma, wasn't it? I know we were golfing that day. It was Baylor. Because um, Oklahoma State, remember, they got they got stopped at the goal at line. At the goal line, right. So Baylor was their was the Big 12 champions last year. Um, they have a, a very weak conference, a weak, weak schedule, I should say. Oklahoma State plays absolutely nobody. Central Michigan, Arizona State, Arkansas, Pine Bluff. So, again, I think the talent is there. I think Lincoln Riley recruited well. Um, I think Oklahoma's going to try to play more defensive football again, of course. We'll see. Um and, I mean, I think it'd be crazy to pick anybody other than Oklahoma. I guess, though, last year nobody expected Baylor. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if Baylor is going to be – are they going to – I mean, how, how are they not going to be good again if they did what they did last year? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I just I, – I think it's going to be interesting to see where they – I mean, when it's they, another conference that I think is kind of very weak. It is. I mean, you've got and the Texas Tech who's not good. Kansas State, not good. Iowa State has Matt Campbell, and he's kind of really lost his uh, net worth, (laughs) I guess, among college football coaches. Uh, West Virginia, Texas. I mean, Texas, I don't know what to say. They're hyping them up, but, I mean, they've done the same thing the last 10 years, basically since Colt McCoy was in his last year, about 15 years ago. I feel like they really haven't done anything. Well, it's going to be interesting because, again, it's going to be – Texas plays Alabama, and you're going to know week two what's going on. I mean, Alabama could just take them to the woodshed. Um, maybe Texas is back. Maybe they do play tough and hang around in there. And yeah, but they have literally no defense. Yeah. I remember that last year. They literally had the one of the worst defenses in the country. As I mean, I don't remember where I saw this on. I saw it on Twitter, I think, but it said, I mean, Texas is a pipeline for college, or for football players. Yet none of them, no players in the state of Texas play defense apparently. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that plays out, um, and of course, um, again, I just you just feel like I, I don't see how Oklahoma can't be um, in there. So I, I mean, like I said, I'm going to pick Oklahoma just because I I don't buy anybody else in that weak conference, um, and we'll see what happens. But I'll go with Oklahoma. Can you pull that screen back up? I got rid of it. All right. Um, Again, I, Oklahoma State always plays tough. Wouldn't be surprised if they hang in there. But, again, I'll go with, with Oklahoma, see what happens. Um, I think Lincoln Riley's led a, left a good um, a good squad there. Yeah. I'm going to go away from Oklahoma, not because you picked Oklahoma, because I don't think that they'll win the Big 12. Um, it's kind of tough. I mean, like, I feel like Oklahoma State under Mike Gundy has been, like, not amazing. He's kind of like the Pat Fitzgerald of Northwestern. Like, he's this, the man where he's at, you know. Um, and I don't know if I really want to pick them. But at the same time, 
I'm going to pick them just because of the fact that I feel like after last year, they got to have some momentum. They had some good players. And I don't want to pick Baylor just because I feel like they won last year, and I don't I don't feel I feel there's just no way they're going to win it again. Um, and I don't want to pick Oklahoma, Oklahoma because I just don't like – what's the coach's name, the coordinator from Clemson? Oh, Brent Venerables. Yeah. Venerables. Yeah. yeah, I just don't like – I just don't, I never really liked that hire at all. I mean, I know Oklahoma's missed defense because they don't have a good, they haven't had a good defense in a very long time, if ever. Um, but I just don't like picking them. I don't really like him as a fit at Oklahoma. Maybe it's just because most of my life I've always seen them as an offensive team, not really a defensive team. But um, I just don't. I think that Oklahoma State. I just don't like I don't like the the hire at Oklahoma at all. So I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. All right, let's go to the ACC. We got Clemson. Um, NC State is supposed to be. Um, they got a big time quarterback. They're the dark horse. You know, last year it was Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. Um, so, um, and then of course the question is, are the Miami Hurricanes back? You know, they're back every year. Um, so where's your take on the ACC? So I think um, there's been a team that has kind of dominated the ACC for quite some time now uh, Clem- in Clemson. I, I don't really respect Clemson. I mean, obviously, you have to respect what they've done. They've won, I think, at least two national championships in the last seven years or six years. Um, I know, too, I believe, too, since the playoff has begun. So they've done a lot more than my favorite team and a lot more than most teams. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's probably – I mean, it's just amazing when you think about the Big Ten, you think about the SEC, and I know the SEC has won most of the national championships um, in the last in this century, but to me, the SEC and the Big Ten are eye to eye, and then you've got 50 feet of crap, and then you've got the other three Power Five conferences, um, and I don't even know if I should call them Power Five, um, but when you got NC State as your second best team in the in the league, that's not saying good things. Um, and Wake Forest, the team that um, I guess last year had all the offense and no defense, but I guess that describes ACC teams as well as um, Pac-12 and Big 12, in my opinion. Um, they don't really play great defense. Florida State, um, Mike Norvell, I don't really know if that's a successful um, hire, but uh, I don't believe in Florida State. Um, Boston College, I mean, it's just a, it's an unbelievably weak conference. Um, when you look at it, I mean, when you look at Clemson, if you look at anything other than Clemson in the pack in the ACC in the last, let's just say that since the college football playoff era, I mean, I'm not even sure any of those teams have really even finished in the top 10, top 15 ever since 2014 season, um, since the college football playoff began. I mean, it's just unbelievable how weak that conference is. Um, I think you have to go with Clemson, I guess, to win it. Um, I think it would be unbelievable if they didn't in a conference where it's just made for them to win, where they don't play anyone um, anyone good. I mean, I know they played Georgia last year, but, I mean, they don't play anyone good. They play terrible teams every year, and, I mean, that's what makes you win games, I guess. But, yeah, obviously, they they've had success. Georgia Tech, too. Barf, um, Georgia Tech, Furman, La Tech, Wake Forest, NC State, uh, Boston College. will be the big game. That'll basically decide the ACC. They do play Notre Dame, um, but we'll see about Notre Dame. But basically, that game against NC State, we're reading here, NC State's defense returns almost their entire defensive unit. They're ranked fifth. They 
that unit ranked 15th in points per drive allowed last season, um, as well as three of the five starting offensive linemen. Um, the production's over 82% who's returning. They got a top quarterback returning. So if there's any team that's going to stop Clemson, that's basically the lone hope. But um, I Pittsburgh obviously lost their quarterback and their running back right and I mean, yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh has nothing to, to brag about. And I mean, I don't think Miami, I don't buy into them. Um, and who's that coach? I can't think of his name right now. Um, he came from um, Oregon. Oregon, yeah. Um, I don't know if that man, but you know what I you know. We Mario or. Ball. Yeah. Um, I just don't buy into them either. I didn't even really buy into him as a great coach among the. The, the Pac-12 when he was there with Oregon. I mean, I, I just. They're spending money down in the U right now, folks. Um, I know, but you still got to somewhat coach. I mean, I know NIL has changed a lot of things, but you still got to coach. You still got to be a good coach. And I just never felt like he did anything. I'm not saying that. I mean, I've seen videos of him yelling at his players. Obviously, he seems like he's a very strict coach. And um, But, man, I don't really know if I think he's a real X and O's type of guy. I don't really know if I believe in him at all. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I, I agree. I mean, I think you got to go Clemson. I don't think there's really much to say. It, it is what it is, and we'll see if uh, anybody else knocks Clemson off. Then maybe Clemson's reign is starting it's to coming to an end. Yeah, because I mean it's it's basically a cakewalk. And then we get to the SEC, our final preview for the day um, of the big the Big Five conferences. We're only previewing the four. We're going to save an entire podcast for the Big Ten because uh, we know most of you around here are. So we got to start the defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. We said they play Oregon to start the year. They only returned 10 starters from last year's team. Obviously, that won it all. Um, but, you know, they never play Alabama to the finals. So they can basically steam roll through and, and even probably lose to Bama and still get in. But Georgia and the East Division's a big time favorite. And we can't forget Tennessee. Tennessee's like Texas. Every year are they back. Josh Heupel. Had a pretty good season. Um, they score a ton of points. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think what the quarterback's name is. and I, I know they played a Big Ten school. Purdue was it in the, in the bowl game. Yeah. And they just kept scoring points left and right. Mm-hmm. I think Purdue actually ended up winning that game, if I'm not mistaken. But regardless, um, Tennessee scored a ton of points. Um, so maybe they can give the Bulldogs a fight, especially since Georgia. Yeah, they recruit like crazy, but still only to return 10 starters from last year's total team. That's, that's going to be... Um, a tough, and then Kentucky. Well, you know Kentucky folks; they got a good defense, but I think we could probably find a group of guys to um, be better offensively than some of their players. Florida's in that division. They they got a new yeah, coach. Florida's. I think they're not going to be a, a big name for a while. So you got to believe Georgia's still in that division. Tennessee might be at a score. The toughest game is probably just week one. Yeah, I mean, so you, you're kind of like it is what it is. And then you go in the West Division. You got Alabama. I mean, they're going to be the number one team in the country. Uh, what is there? I mean, what can't you say about Alabama? They have road trips to Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, Ole Miss. Um, then they host A&M, which obviously is going to be a huge game as the other team in their division mm-hmm. that can kind of compete with them. Um, I. You know, Alabama obviously recruits everybody and anyone. I don't know how anyone is going to survive with them. I do think a team to look out for is Arkansas. Arkansas um, 
definitely turned things around last year. I thought started playing a little bit better. Um, uh, you know, they can grind you to death. They start the year off with Cincinnati, who we'll preview in our non-Power 5 the next week. Um, but um, they could be a sneaky team in that West division. Um, but all eyes will be on A&M and Alabama. A&M's got the highest starting payroll of any football team in the NFL or in college. Um, so they're obviously going to be... Um, <clears throat> They're obviously going to be what everyone's looking at. And Alabama, you just... The thing about Alabama that sometimes can be frustrating as a college football fan is they can lose two games and they're still going to be ranked, you know, probably in the top ten and just be one SEC championship away from getting in the playoffs. So um, no team's got more ability to um, lose games and play mediocre yet still in the end win at all, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, Georgia's in the uh, same boat pretty much. I mean, yeah. They just, I mean, it's convenient that Georgia and Alabama don't play each other in the regular season ever because they SEC knows that they can't do that because they would ruin their two-team um, conference in the playoff uh, uh, blocks. I mean, so it's just it's the way college football has been the last four or five years. They just, the SEC sets themselves up to become a two-team playoff um, they're good two teams in the playoff every year because they don't the two best teams don't play each other. Um, so, at A and M, I think their biggest question mark is quarterback. Um, yeah, after losing what Callum Mond's last, yeah, he's been there for a while. And I think one of their quarterbacks get injured. I think at one point mm-hmm. they of course beat Alabama by a point last year. I think um, they got DJ Durkin back. He's coming out. His name's back after all his issues at. Well, going from Michigan to Maryland, I think. Um, now he's back. Um, I don't know. I, I, Jimbo Fisher um, is going to be feeling a lot of heat if um, his team can't kind of get it done this year. So I think they're just in a – and uh, uh, it's all going to come down to them in Alabama. I mean, whoever wins that game is going obviously to the win that side of the conference and, and, and play Georgia. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, seriously, I mean, if anybody who is analyzing college football doesn't have Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship game, they're just doing it for, um, uh, just to say, you know, to throw a, a outlier. Yeah, I mean, outlier just to see what's going to happen. But in the end, it's going to be Georgia. It's going to be Alabama. My gut tells me, again, Alabama probably has the right pieces. They got um, Heisman Trophy winner. Um, Bryce Young. And probably has a good chance to become the second player to ever win the Heisman Trophy twice. Um, I think he's going to put up big numbers. And um, he's got some, some big games. I mean, every game in the SEC, of course, with the way they talk it up, it's a huge game. So... He'll throw up big numbers, and I think in the end, Alabama's probably going to go undefeated, and I think they will get their revenge against Georgia, and um, they'll probably be the number one seed going to the college football playoff. But, um, again, like we just said, that's what makes this sport great. There's no other sport that I think delivers big-time upsets. (coughs) Um, Like you said, it's almost disappointing. Um, You know, Stephen and I will pick it three or four Saturdays in September and we just sit down here and we watch games and it's almost disappointing if we sit here from noon to 
eight o'clock at night and don't see an upset. So um, I gotta believe we're gonna see them, and um, it's it'll be exciting to sit back and for us to analyze some of these games and watch them and and come back and let you know what we're thinking and what some of the more predictions are. But um, those are our preview of the top four, four of the five Power Five conferences. Um, Next week, we're going to focus in on the teams from the non-Power Five, like Cincinnati. Can they make a run again to the college football playoff, potentially? Um, And, of course, the Big Ten, where we'll have a ton to say, obviously, about Ohio State and Michigan. um, But all the Big Ten schools... um, and see where everybody's kind of feeling that they are. So um, I guess it's it's just going to be um, at least we'll be one week closer than to the start of football. Yep, tomorrow and, is um, exactly a month away from the first college football Saturday. I mean, they play Friday. They play the week, obviously, before, but then they also play Thursday and Friday. But, I mean, those aren't the games that, you know, yeah. get you up in the morning. I mean, Saturday will be the day. You get college game day. I mean, it just gets the blood flowing. Although it college makes game you... day is going to be Thursday night. Pitt, Pitt, West Virginia for the backyard brawl. It's back for the first time in years. Penn well, State, Purdue. That I know, but a Saturday, a Saturday, waking up to college game day at 9 a.m. is different than any other day. So, doesn't matter what the game is or whatever. So Michigan plays who? Colorado State. Colorado State. Is it a noon game? Yeah. Wow, noon game. And, of course, that night... It culminates in Columbus, Ohio, when the Fighting Irish um, come to Columbus looking for an upset. So we're going to preview that. Of course, we'll probably preview the Independents as well, of course, meaning Notre Dame next week as well. I forgot all about them um, since they won't join a conference. But we'll talk definitely Big Ten next week, and um, we'll hit any other important sports topics that come up over the next week because, like we said, sports is true reality every day. Something new happens. So until then, we'll see you.